Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog. I'm Patrick Bidib, your host of Value Team, and today I'm going to talk to you about the formula on how to disrupt an industry. Many, many years ago when I got into the financial industry, I didn't really know if I could do it or not. I had no background in the financial industry, nothing. So I get in, and then all of a sudden I get my Series 766, 3126 Life and Health. I start doing a business. I said, it's kind of cool. October of 2009, we decided to start our own insurance company. From the moment I started an insurance company, five seconds later, a $400 billion company sued us with a 400-page lawsuit. I mean, 400-page lawsuit. I had to get attorneys to represent seven different of us, like we had to go through, right? And so we start the company. We're about to go out of business, but we're fighting, we're selling, we're working 100, 120 hours a week. We're barely sleeping at night. We made it, long story short, but this is what took place. An insurance magazine calls me and says, we'd like to get together with you because we know you'd like to get your credibility up because you just went through a lawsuit. The marketplace doesn't really see you as a company that's coming up. We can really help you by getting your credibility up. I said, let's get together. They come down to Woodland Hills. We sit down at Woodland Hills, Maggiano's, and they present the fact that I can be on the cover of their number one insurance, life insurance magazine in the marketplace, over 150,000 subscribers, you can be on the cover of it. I said, wow, a cover. He says, no, advertorial. Advertorial is this. This rips off. This is not the cover. That's not the cover. This is the cover. This is an advertorial for $125,000. I said, you want me to pay you one twenty-five? dollars They said, yes. I said, look, I'll get the bill tonight. I'm not going to pay you $125,000, but very soon you will contact us and you'll ask us to do a cover story on your magazine. Oh, that won't happen. I said, why not? That, that just won't happen. I said, look at me in my eyes. I'm going to tell you four words here, okay? I said, ma'am, very nice lady. I said, you have no idea how much conviction I have in the life insurance industry. I love this business. I know people think I'm crazy. I love the life insurance industry. That's number one. You can't teach conviction. You either have it or you don't have it. Number two, when you get into an industry, you decide to compete, the C-letter word, compete. When you compete, I wanted to find out if I had the goodies to compete in the marketplace. I figured I could compete with a lot of people in the marketplace. That was number two. Number three, the industry gave me so much, my lifestyle, my freedom, all this other stuff, I said I wanted to contribute to the industry. I want to find a way to make the industry better because without this industry, this regular guy whose father worked at a 99 cent store, who had a 1.8 GPA, who went to the military, I've never had a four-year, two-year degree, he would have been a regular guy, right? And the fourth C-letter word is challenging conventional thinking, which by the way, if you're involved in the industry and you don't challenge everybody's way of thinking where people are dying for you to go out of business, you're not really disrupting. Listen, we had so many people wanted us to go out of business, they started propagandas, rumors, all of this stuff because they were furious with us. By the way, a lot of lonely nights, a lot of nights of close to being out of business, a lot of crazy days. But then one day, I get a phone call. A man named Paul calls me. He's the CEO and the founder. He says, I'm the CEO and founder of this magazine. I said, Paul, what's the purpose of the call? He says, I'd like to talk to you about telling your story because I'm seeing what you're doing in the marketplace. Your name is coming up by people who like you and your name is coming up by people who don't like you. And some even hate you. But I figure it's a good time for us to share your story with people. What do you think? I said, great, let's talk about it. I said, is this an advertory because I have no interest in spending a single penny? He says, no, 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 we want to do a cover story and we want to tell your story. So they came, they did two articles. One was called, Can He Make Insurance Cool Again? And the other one was a cover story of what they recently did that was called, Patrick B. David is Turning Non-Agents into Super Sellers. And so after this, 
They came to the home office. Many of you ask me all the time, Pat, what do you do for a living? I run a financial firm. That's what I do for a living. I make videos. You know what time it is right now? It is right now 928. This is when we make videos, believe it or not. Late at night because we don't have time to make videos throughout the day. But this interview that was done by Matt Walton will tell you exactly what I do on a daily basis. Enjoy the interview. This is Matt Walton with Leaders of Industry. Today we're down in Dallas, Texas to meet the hugely successful author and entrepreneur, Patrick Bet David, the founder of the PHP Agency, which stands for People Helping People and Valuetainment. This is his corporate headquarters. Let's go in and meet him. The life insurance industry is in retreat. Today, the big agencies have all but given up on new recruits, as more people are leaving the business than entering it. But Patrick Bet David is on the advance, personally bringing nearly 4,000 new agents into the field and turning many into millionaires. We started with Patrick, and um, I never looked back. And how much business did you do last year? Like millions of dollars. <laughs> we're talking about the things that we're able to have in terms of removing financial arguments out of our conversation, and our relationship is much more enhanced. As a young boy, Patrick Bet David immigrated to the United States from war-torn Iran, served in the U.S. Army's 101st Airborne Unit, and soon set off on a one-man mission to save the insurance industry self-destruction. A true industry disruptor. PHP's model, how they serve the customer, they're really approaching the industry in a unique, fun, and innovative way. I thought this was a noble company selling a noble product, life insurance. And I said, man, it would be an honor to help you go nationwide and go big with this thing. An absolute honor. He's published four books, and with close to 100 million views on social media, he's built the preeminent YouTube channel on entrepreneurship valuetainment. And he's done all of this before even turning 40, making Patrick Bet David an undisputed leader of industry. I'm Optimus Prime. Welcome to the PHP Agency Headquarters. How you hey, doing? Patrick. Good to see you. Good to see you quite a receptionist you have. Yes, he gets a lot of attention. I was in Las Vegas, we're having uh, lunch at Joe's in yeah. Caesars, and I see this massive Optimus Prime, and I said, I gotta have it, you know, I may be aging, but I'm still a kid inside, I like my toys. I go in, the girl says it's handmade by Auto Parts, she says, Honda right here, and it's nine feet tall, 1,400 pounds, so it took eight people to put this thing up, so wow. it, it's a pretty grand entrance. Let me show you around, let me show you the office. We build a place where you come, you eat, you play. Like foosball. I haven't played in a long time. You look like you're competitive. There we go. You go to the gym. I didn't work out today. I want to get a lift in. In a suit. This is impressive. Office is all Hollywood. I'm right on. Movies, Tombstone, Rocky, Batman. I've seen a lot of superheroes in yes. here. Also, watch a movie, have popcorn, relax. This painting is a special painting. I will be so impressed if you get all nine. This the most famous one of all, Patrick Beck David. There you right go. There. Love that guy. You got Tupac, yep. you got Abe, you got JFK and Einstein, you got Martin Luther King. Chaviron. Okay, the Chaviron. Yes. Most people think this is Buffett, but it's Milton Friedman. Okay. This is Senna. His story just fascinates me. I, I, I love this guy's story so much where I name my daughter Senna. Oh wow, that's beautiful. His last name is Senna, my daughter's first name is Senna. So he's close to the left because that's my heart, this is my daughter. 
Patrick Bet David, tell me about growing up in Iran. I was born October of 78, which is the peak of the revolution between the Shah and the whole thing that was going on. So when my father was taking my mother to the hospital, when her water broke, it was curfew. So wow. they, they held, held up my dad and they had to escort my mom to the hospital. And then I was born. And then three months later, the Shah's out. Right. And then it's Iran with the turmoil, the war between Iran and Iraq. I remember one day we got bombed 167 times in a single day. And then one day, Khomeini dies. When Khomeini dies, June 3rd, 89, six weeks later, we escape. How? And we escape. We went and said we're going to Germany on vacation, but we didn't go on vacation. We went and stayed at a refugee camp in Germany. How was the refugee camp? What was that like? It was pretty wild. You know, you'd wake up in the morning, you'd go to the corner end of it, they would put the apple juice, you'd pick up the apple juice. There were people there from Yugoslavia, Albania, Poland, just Afghanistan, Iraq, everybody was leaving to come to America. So you learn about a lot of different cultures. Uh, it was the first time I got stabbed, was at the refugee camp. It was just craziness. Then we got our green card from the States. Then we flew in November 28, 1990, came to the States. Did your father put the idea of coming to America in your head? Was, did he have eyes on, I mean, at what point did you think America's where I want to be? So I asked my dad this question a couple years ago. My dad gave the credit to my mom. My parents got a divorce. But my dad said, your mother said, we got to leave. Because in Iran, if you turn, I think, 12 years old, you have to serve. And so they didn't want me to stay in the military. No, at 12, you can't leave. So you have to stay to serve. And so my parents said, we got to leave. We don't want you to serve. It's so funny. I left there and I come to America and I serve in the U.S. Army, which is which my mother wasn't too happy about, but it kind of worked out. You, uh, you had aspired to be the Iranian Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Did you think that uh, training in the army was going to help you meet that goal? Or and so if you came to mind to my barracks in the army, I either had pictures of Arnold or I had pictures of John Travolta. That was, that was my, you know, uh, uh, barracks. And John Travolta, because of sat- Saturday Night sure, Staying sure. Alive, you know, that whole thing. Sure. Uh, my barracks, we would play that every day. And so I got out and I said, you know what? I can work hard. I know how to train. I'm going to go be a bodybuilder. The story was, I'm going to be the Middle Eastern Arnold. And when did that story change direction? I was at Venice Beach, no shirt on, cocky. You know, one of these guys walking around and this girl approaches me and we kind of made eye contact. She approaches me. She comes up to me. We start talking. We start dating. She said, I work at Morgan Stanley Dean with her. I said, I know nothing about Morgan Stanley. What's Morgan Stanley? She said, it's a financial firm, all this other stuff. I said, how can I work over there? She said, you need a four-year degree. She went to UCLA. I said, I'm not doing that. So I took my resume, which was very impressive. Bob's Big Boy, Burger King, Haagen-Dazs. And you were trying to be the top sales guy at those places? <laughs> like That is my resume. No four-year, no two-year, nothing. On the cover letter, I took my best joke that I had. And I put the joke with the resume. On the bottom of the joke, I said, if you're laughing, this is exactly how my customers are gonna feel when they do business with me. If you want someone like me part of your team, give me a call, okay? So I sent 100, back then it was fax. You wouldn't, you know, there was no monster. I faxed 100, 30 called me. Out of the 30, 15 were just impressed by the joke. It's a good joke? joke. The joke was, father dies. Before he dies, he tells his three sons, listen, Every one of you, I want you to drop $1,000 in my coffin because I want the family to know how much you loved your dad. And it's a way of paying back to your daddy. All the sons said, no problem, daddy. So the funeral comes, first son shows up, he throws $1,000 bills, everybody starts crying. Oh my gosh, you know, it's such a special thing. 
Second son comes, he throws 20, $50 bills. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful son. Third son comes, he writes a $3,000 check, takes the $2,000. <laughs> That's good. And he That's walks good. away. He said, I paid my debt, but he got the cash. And yeah, it's, it's on theme. And yeah, the next yeah, thing yeah. you know, I get three offers. I got three offers with Morgan, and I took the Morgan in Glendale. That's how I got started. There was a very significant night in your life where you met conservative columnist, pundit, genius, George Will. Yes. So it's funny, politically, I've always been confused. My mother's side, they believed in communism. And my dad's side, they believed in imperialism because of the Shah. So it's polar opposites. My mother thinks rich people are greedy. My dad used to believe poor people are lazy. I'm absolutely confused. I said, don't even talk about politics. A man named Bill Vogel took me one night and he introduced me to uh, George Will. And so I'm at Miramar Hotel, I'm having dinner with them. And I asked George Will, I said, George, you know, I'm really trying to figure myself out. What do you recommend I do? Because I'm really get, trying to get clear about what I want in my life. He says, look, most people your age could care less about studying the history of what works and what doesn't work as far as economical systems. Why don't you go study capitalism? For the next 18 months, I bought every book on capitalism, socialism, communism, communist manifesto, Milton Friedman, Karl Marx, rules for radicals, you know, Adam Smith, Wealth of Nations, Atlas Shrugged. I said, I want to find out the math behind this. Why is there a group that believes in this? Why is there a group that believes in that? And so all of a sudden I started calling uh, families of presidents. I called the Clinton family, Bush family, Carter family, Reagan family. I put an event together, July 17th of 09, called Saving America Doing the Impossible. I was dressed as George Washington. My wife was dressed as Lady Liberty. I had another guy named Nick dressed as uh, Lincoln. I had Michael Reagan speak. I had uh, another guy speak on capitalism. I had another guy speak on Star Spangled Banner. I said, this is what we're doing. And then three months later, PHP got started. PHP stands for people helping people. Yes. How did all your accumulated knowledge of capitalism and how it functions lead you to not only start that company, but name it people helping people? So you will never find a billionaire who became a billionaire by himself. You just won't. So that's how the whole thing came about, why we should name the company PHP. What strikes me about the name is it's so untraditional for a financial services company. The alternative is what? Patrick B. David Financial Services. Right. Right, if I name my name. And some guys came and said, why don't you name the company your name? You got Morgan Stanley, it's someone's name. Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney, Dean Witter, it's someone's name. Why don't you name the company your name? I said, I'm not going to name the company my name. PHP. Not only are your social media numbers staggering, you're, the number of agents you have. It blows my mind, you know, compared to a New York life, you got like half their agents and you're, you're one guy. How did that happen? What, what's your secret? I wanted to build a company that I wanted to be a part of. Very simple. I wanted to build a business that I would want, from an outsider, I would love to be part of this company. So what is that? I want to own a piece of the company equity because in case something happens, I'm also protected. Perfect. That was one. Two. I wanted to create an incentive program that doesn't benefit just the people that have been around for 20 years. It benefits the small business owner. Right. And so I wanted to create an environment where the newest agent coming in had the same amount of opportunity as a guy that had been around for nine years. You'll hear a lot of times financial firms say the following lines. Our executive team has over 400 years of experience. Mm. Am I supposed to be impressed? Right. When you say that to me, you know what's the first thing I think about? That means they're golfing, because they're done 
creating exactly new experiences. Right. That's the first thing I think about. And by the way, it's not a good slogan anymore. It used to be, not today, because the new generation is no longer the baby boomers that's the biggest. You got Gen Xs, you got millennials, they want to connect with somebody. So for us, our average agent today is a 34-year-old Hispanic female today in PHP, which is the United States of America versus just one audience that doesn't necessarily connect with everybody. How do you connect with millennials? Because you're kind of in between Gen X and millennial, I'd say. 39, yes. So you're right in the, in, the, yes. in the midst. You gotta sell it to me as a millennial. Talk to my heart, stop talking to my brain. Move me, get me emotional, make me feel like I can be part of something bigger. If we can communicate this language to millennials and Gen Xs, holy moly, the amount of potential that we can tap into is priceless. Well, I think you were successful in doing that with your video the life of an entrepreneur in 90 seconds. The number of views it got in just 48 hours is mind-blowing. Bridging the career of financial advisor, insurance agent, into the title of entrepreneur. When does that happen and what does that mean? Um, I was with Vanilla Ice, yes, uh, two days ago, at his house. Not a name drop you hear very often. No, in Vanilla Ice, that's I, actually that name. <laughs> no. But I got together with him and I'm sitting there saying, you know, Look at this guy here. He's an artist. He was a rapper, hip hop, whatever. But that's an artist entrepreneur. There's not a big difference because it's creativity, right? I mean, you look at yourself, you're in the entertainment business. We have so many uh, commonalities with entrepreneurs. More than anything else, it was a message to tell entrepreneurs, you're not alone, this thing is tough, but believe me, the glory feels so good. Hang in there, it's all gonna be all right. And that's what's so effective about it. Now. I wanna finish with what that video then became. Our businesses and people defined by their social media followers and their numbers and their likes now, or is it just fancy packaging? Is it just sort of a badge? So what Valuetainment became videos, and I chose one word, it was entrepreneur. We make life of an entrepreneur, and life of an entrepreneur takes off on YouTube. I put it on YouTube, and we called it the best motivational video of 2015. <laughs> 24 hours, it gets 2,500 views, nothing. And I said, I'm gonna change the title on Facebook. And I changed the title to The Life of an Entrepreneur in 90 Seconds. And I said, let's just test this out. Two hours later, it's got 265,000 views. So what is going on wow. with this? The next morning, every one of our websites is shut down. It's two million views, five million views, 30 days later, 10 million views, today's at 31 million views. And it goes bonkers. That video gave traffic to the DNA of an entrepreneur. So they went there from there, they went to DNA of an entrepreneur, and then they said, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about with business. And Evalutainment became what it is today. I think today we have two brands. One brand is actual business. The other brand is your brand. Very simple, you today have a brand. Every CEO, every entrepreneur, every salesperson has a brand today. Richard Branson, you didn't know who he was. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this guy's going on a you know, balloon and he's doing it. Yeah, 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 you're like, oh, I like this guy. He's so cool, he jumps out of this. So he built his own brand and a virgin took off. There's a darker side to it. You're gonna be exploited. You can't have a private life. Within 10 minutes, I can find out if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Right. It's very easy. I can find out if you are got kids, if you're a sports guy, who do you like? I can get 50 questions answered in five minutes. You couldn't do that 20 years ago. So we're all naked today. So today, my suggestion to everybody is, here's a company, people wanna know who's behind the company. Tell us your story. Who do you like? What are you about? Tell us about your mom, your dad, your upbringing. Who were you? What you struggle with? What's your biggest challenge in life? What do you fear? What do you like? What do you love? I want to get to know you. 
And the more I get to know you, the more I fall in love with the brand here. Patrick Bet David, you're a leader of industry. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bit David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.